Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Father, we come to you uh, on Christmas Eve morning. And we want to just pause and take a breath and be before your throne of grace, knowing that you are good. And so we ask that, God, that you would come by now, that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would uh, reveal your word to us today, your powerful word, that it would guide us and instruct us, uh, correct us, Encourage us along our way and our path. We thank you for Jesus. We celebrate him as our risen Lord and Savior. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. So we are um, in a short little series of a little short little Christmas series. We're trying to answer the question, why did Jesus come to earth? And uh, we have a new audience in the room today. We have some children in the room with us today. We're so glad to have you. And those of you at home, uh, we miss having you here. I'm glad that you're viewing us here on live stream. But children, we, I want to do something new today. We don't normally do this. We've never done this. We have never done this. So what I am going to boldly ask is that, children, if you would like to have a chance at answering this question, why did Jesus come to earth, you can have that opportunity to come up here and share with us over the microphone. So children, boys and girls, if you would like to come answer that question, I see, come on, you have to come up here on stage. I can't hear you from there. But you can come on up here, yep, come on up and get in a little line. You can start right here. Thank you, Ella. And that, let's make that perfect penny. Step in line. Now you guys are all gonna answer the question, why did Jesus come to earth? And if some of you children realize you wanna be a part of this, you can still make it up here in the back of the line, but no pressure to do so, okay? Okay, so, hi, sweetheart. What would you say? Why did Jesus come to earth? To save our sins. To save our sins. Great. Thank you. Oh, they're going to applaud for you. Okay. Why did Jesus come to earth? To save us. To save us. Great. Thank you. 
Why did Jesus come to earth? To save us from our sins. Okay, good, good. Hear a repeat here. Okay. To be our Lord. To be our Lord, that's a good answer, I like that. All right, why did Jesus come to earth? You can go back in the back of the line if you want to think about it some more. You just kind of wanted to be up here, huh? Thanks, Jasper. Why did you? Why did to Jesus? Die for, to die for our sins. Okay, to die for our sins. I like that. It's a new answer. Why did Jesus come to Earth? Save us from our sins and um, destroy sin. And destroy sin. I like that. Good job. Good job. Why did Jesus come to earth? To give us peace and love and joy. And joy. Cool. I like that. And lastly, why did Jesus come to earth? To save our lives. To save our lives. All right. Good job. Good job, children. Thanks for participating. You helped me out quite a bit. And I think uh, we heard some correct answers up here today. Um, we don't normally do that. We don't normally have the parents come up here and give their thoughts and their answers. And God is good in this. You know, I want to help to maximize your joy this Christmas. My goal here is to hope maximize your joy during Christmas. You know, many of us arrive in this room in um, different places, right? Different places. Some of us are having the highest of highs, and some of us have been walking through the lowest of lows, and a lot of us have been in between. But my goal here to this morning is to help us maximize our joy during Christmas. So as we look at this question, why did Jesus come to earth? We're trying to answer that, and we're trying to answer that by the scriptures. As Zach alluded to earlier, we start and stay with scripture. I want to take a look at who this man Zacchaeus was. Who was Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, he was a Hebrew, and his name means pure or righteous. And we also learn in this, this passage that he's a shorter man. He's a wee little man, right? He's a short man. Um, and that's why he had to climb up into that sycamore tree that lined the, the pathways. The, they didn't have cars back then, but they had pathways for people would travel. And we know that Jesus was stopping through this town of Jericho. And so the crowd was gathering around Jesus and listening to who he was and what he was about. And Zacchaeus took interest in that and sought Jesus out. But he could not see because he was so short. So he saw, oftentimes they would have these trees along the roadside uh, to provide cover, to provide shade. But it's also a sycamore tree. It was an easy tree to climb. So uh, Zacchaeus found his way up in that tree. Now the thing that you've got to know about Zacchaeus is that he was a chief tax collector. And this is the first time that title is used in the New Testament chief tax collector. It's the only time. It's the only time it's used is with Zacchaeus. Now there's tax, other tax collectors and we'll read about them in just a second. But he was a chief ta tax collector which helps us to think that maybe he was a guy who arranged, hired other tax collectors. Uh, the Roman government who was in charge of this area at this time, they would make a, they would, they would farm out the rights to the highest bidder who would collect the taxes of the people. 
The Roman government would put it upon their people, the, the Jewish people to collect taxes from their own people. And so the highest bidder, say they would barter and they would make a bid and say, uh, we will collect $100,000 and bring that to you. And so the winning bid was the one who was selected to collect the taxes. And that tax collector, or this chief tax collector, Zacchaeus in this case, would have agents working for him, and they would gather taxes upwards, upwards, upwards to that, what amount, that $100,000 amount that I'm, I'm just making up, the $100,000 amount, and then they would give that to the Romans as their collective tax for that area. Now, tax collectors were known to, to uh, assert their authority and take even more tax than that was, that was allowed. They would do this uh, as a good businessman to be able to pay for their own bills, their own fees to be able to do this job, but some would go above and beyond that and gouge people, gouge people for excess tax to line their own pockets with greed and money. Uh, it was really social suicide for a, a person to do this, a man to do this, uh, to be able to be gouging his own people and lining his own pockets with his own profits. So oftentimes tax collectors were viewed as very much despised by their own people. So they lived like a very lonely life. They were not viewed in common places with friendliness. They were, um, they were, they were ostracized. There were people that um, people didn't want to be a part of. And so another passage that we'll see that Jesus met with a man earlier in Luke chapter 5 was a man by the name of Levi, or in the book of Matthew, he's called Matthew. He had two names. Levi was another tax collector. And earlier in the, in the Gospel of Luke, it says this, that after this he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax booth. And Jesus walked up to him and said, follow me. That tax collector, Levi, uh, left everything. He rose and followed Jesus. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table at the table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at, this, at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and with sinners? And Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. This, Jesus had two occurrences with tax collectors. Earlier with Levi, where he said to him, follow him, and, and Levi followed him. He left everything and followed Jesus and became a disciple. And that's how we have our book of Matthew is, is written by this man, Levi, or Matthew. Jesus took great interest in these people, these sinners. He loved them. And now he's taking interest in Zacchaeus. So why must Jesus stay at Zacchaeus' house? To help us understand why Jesus came to earth, he, I think we need to ask this question, why did he need to stay at Zacchaeus' house? He looks up at Zacchaeus in the tree and he's like, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house. So hurry, hurry and come down. And so because remember that Jesus was passing through the city of Jericho He's saying, I need to, I've got an opportunity here. And I think the first thing that he is doing here is he's making a valuable teaching opportunity. He's taking, making a lesson for everybody to pay attention to. 
He's got everyone's attention in this crowd, and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree. He says, I must stay at your house. Hurry down and come down, for I must stay at your house. He's not asking to be invited. He is making his way into Zacchaeus' house. And so now the crowd is paying attention to this a minute. You know, because he's going to be staying with this sinner. And the crowd even begins to say that. Verse 7, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. And so the crowd begins to grumble. You know what grumbling is? It's when you disagree with something, you're like, something's sketchy here. Like, I don't know, does he understand what he's really getting into? Grumbling. A groan comes out over the crowd. So all of you, I'm going to give you an opportunity here. Just think, what is it like to grumble? I'm going to give you an opportunity in five seconds. I want you to grumble a little bit so we can understand and feel what is happening. Was Jesus has called down this. Zacchaeus says, I must stay at your house. Hurry and come down. And the crowd, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, good. Now, don't ever do that again in this room. <laughs> you got it out of your bones. But they groaned. Clear displeasure, displeasing, disagreement. What is going on? This man, does, this man he, he, he's supposed to be a holy man, a teacher, a rabbi, a prophet maybe, and maybe even Christ, maybe the Messiah. He's claiming to be these things, but does he even understand who he's going to be staying with? This man is a sinner. This man gouges us for taxes. This man is, is despised in our sight. So they groan. And I think this is another occurrence where we see that Jesus is called as a, a friend of sinners. This is how Jesus was known to be as a friend of sinners. So the, the crowd groans, but it's so beautiful to watch Zacchaeus and how he responds when Jesus says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Joyfully is how Zacchaeus receives Jesus. Can you imagine if you are Zacchaeus, you have, you have no friends, you live on a pile of money and everyone despises you because the Bible says he was rich. He was rich. He was wealthy. And people knew it. And they knew it because he did it by dishonest gain. He had no friends. And all of a sudden, this man, Jesus, who everyone is following, who has everyone's interest, and Zacchaeus made his way to get up in that tree and he gets called out in front of everybody. We don't know if Jesus knew him as fully man, or if Jesus knew him because he was Lord, but he calls him out and he says, I must stay at your house. We learned something from this, okay? We learned something from this. Jesus is doing something that is sometimes hard for people to understand. As humans, as sinners, before we come to Jesus, we don't spend much time figuring out how we can please God. We usually spend our time figuring out how we can please us. Amen. 
I really couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> but you watch a two-year-old or a three-year-old, they are all about pleasing themselves. They're, that's what they're curious, that, that's, what they're, that's what they live for. And as we get older and older and older, we continue to do the same thing. We just kind of hide it a bit. We just kind of don't, we're not so loud about it as a two or three-year-old. But we're really consumed with figuring out how we can please ourselves rather than the Lord. And so God is beautiful in this. And so I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter two, chapter two, verses one through 10, because I feel like this is a section of scripture. There's many of them, but this one really helps me understand about how he, how God changes us. How God changes us. The Apostle Paul is writing this in Ephesians chapter two. I'm gonna read verses one through 10. And I want you to see how this transformation happens. Happens for each of us who who do know Jesus. Verse one, and you were dead in your trespasses, your sins. You were dead, lifeless, dead. No ability left, dead. You were dead in the, in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And then verse four happens. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. This is a great 10 verses of understanding the gospel, and that is that God does it all. God started the process. God brought life from death. God initiated the love, and he did it all by seeking us out. He is seeking out Zacchaeus. Jesus is seeking out Zacchaeus. He says, I am coming for you, Zacchaeus. You have, I must stay at your house. I must. So I think it's quite beautiful. What, what Jesus, why did he come to earth? And the kids said it very well up here many times. You know, what is the mission of Jesus? Why did he come to earth? Help us explain. You know, the, the, a question of why begs the question of explain. And it's really found in verse 10. Why did Jesus come to earth? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrate this time of year of Christmas time, which makes it so super magical. 
and glorious and full of joy and full of hope. It changes everything. The Son of Man initiated love with us and did something that we can't do for ourselves. He provided it all. So what evidence do we have that Zacchaeus receives salvation? How do we know that Zacchaeus is in heaven with Jesus today? I think we have four different observations of evidence that we can find in this passage here. First of all, obedience. He responds joyfully and quickly. And quickly. So he responds with great um, responsiveness of just saying, Jesus, I'm all about what you're asking me to do. I'm super joyed. Can you imagine being a lonely man sitting on a pile of money and then all of a sudden this Jesus says, calls you by name and says, I must stay at your house. What joy enters Zacchaeus' bones. I've been, I was, I was lost, but now I've found. I mean, he sees me. He sees me in the tree. He's, he, he's calling me out. He's interested in, in me. No one's interested in me. Everyone despised me. And who knows, Zacchaeus may even despise himself. But Jesus loves him and, and, and takes great interest in him. And so Zacchaeus responds with great obedience, quickly and joyfully. Now great that is for us who love Jesus to do the same, because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, you'll obey, my, you'll obey me. Secondly, what evidence do we have Zacchaeus uh, receive salvation? Cheerful giving. He responds by saying, I will give half of what I own to the poor. Half. I'll get, and, and this is not a condition that Jesus gives and says, hey, if you really want to follow me, you Zacchaeus initiates this. He's like, I'm done with my past life. I don't need to accrue more and more wealth. I want to follow this man, and he's, I, want to give, I want to give half to the poor. So he responds with cheerful giving, cheerful giving, willing to give up to half of his possessions. Thirdly, he repents. He shows, he demonstrates repentance. He says, not only will I give, he says, I'll give half to the poor, and if I've wronged anybody, if I've wronged anybody, I will return to them four times what, how much I've wronged them. So for a quick little math situation, if he, if he extorted $100 from somebody, and somebody comes and says, hey, you took, you took 100 bucks you shouldn't have taken, he is willingly initiating, saying, I will not just give you that $100 back, but 200, 300, 400. This is how convinced Zacchaeus is of who Jesus is and that his life has been turned around. He's been going around this, he's been going this direction, trying to extort money from people, and now he's going, the, he's changed his whole life. He's gonna, he's been, he's gonna spend the rest of his life paying back people. You know, I, I cited a little reference up here, Numbers 5-7, the, the Old Testament law says that if somebody what had, had um, extorted somebody of $100, they need to pay that $100 back plus 20%, which would be $120 total, $120. I took the 100, I shouldn't have taken 100, here's $20 extra. That's what the Old Testament said was, the, was what was due back to that person. And, and Zacchaeus is like, he, he knew the law. 
four times. He is just done with his life as he's been living it. Not worth it, but totally worth it to be with this man, Jesus. Lastly, we have evidence because Jesus declares it himself in verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the evidence that we have that Zacchaeus is receiving salvation from, from Jesus. A man, his life has totally been transformed, not by anything that he has done, but everything that Jesus did. He looked into his eyes and said, I must come to your house. And I think we see here that, though we see that, that the saying that those who have been forgiven much, they love much. Those who have been forgiven much, they love much. And I see that evident in Zacchaeus' life. Who did Jesus come for? He came for sinners. He came for men and women, boys and girls. All over the world. He came that they may have life in him. And as we heard last week from Pastor Zach, that they would have an abundance, the abundant life in him. That's why Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. It's the sinners who need to be forgiven. And we all, we all are in that category. For the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But how beautiful it is that God so loved the world and he initiated this love, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would never perish have eternal life. And God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died. This is why he came. This is why he came, because God loves his creation. We've gone our own, wicked, our own rebellious way, but in his mercy, he continues to wait, reach out for you to repent and return to him. Zacchaeus was able to do that. Jesus called him out by name. Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house. And salvation entered that home. A life was changed. This is why Jesus came. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why there's a special time about Christmas because Jesus left the harmony of heaven to come to this diseased, sin-filled world to love people like Zacchaeus, to love people like me, to love people like you. We respond to Jesus now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message of great joy. Thank you that, Jesus, you took interest in this man, Zacchaeus, who, if we're honest, many of us have similarities to Zacchaeus. We're interested in doing our own thing, our own way. And enough days doing that, it repeats itself into weeks and months and years and become hardened. And it being just pleasing ourselves. But Jesus, thank you for initiating. Thank you for initiating with Zacchaeus, initiating with each of us as we hear the good news 
of Jesus and how you restore people to yourself. You do it all. You initiate. You've done it all through death on the cross for us. And you rose again three days later, proving you were the Son of God, just like you said you were. So we can worship you. We can worship you in truth. We can worship you in love. And I pray that God, this Christmas Eve, would be an opportunity for us to worship you afresh. And praise your holy name because you are who you said you were. We love you. Thank you for this time that we have here together, all of us together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.